Hi, everybody. It's Bob Huesler from The Fan. Coming up next, it's Locked Up Sports on 365sportscast.com. Took a home run away from Roland. Trying to get back to first end. He stumbled off as the inning is over. Andy Chavez saved the day. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down and the game is tied. Bing bong. Anthony for three. Puts it in. comes to talking sports, they're the authority. It's Bob Walters and Brett Grasso. It's Lock Up Sports, and it starts now. Bring them out, bring them out, hey. Bring them out, bring them out, yeah. Bring them out, bring them out, hey. Bring them out. Here we go. Bob Walters, Lock Up Sports, from the Brian Gunzel Studios, welcome to the show. Bob Walters flying solo again here today for the third straight week here on Locked Up Sports. And we got a big show for you. We got a big Football Friday show. We got Jets-Giants previews of week two. We got everything you need going into to the, to the week two of the NFL. We got Roger Federer retiring today. But we start with the New York Mets, who had come into today's game against the Pittsburgh Pirates, losers of five straight home games, just getting swept by the Cubs, a half game up on the Braves, who had off today. And they just they scored six runs in the Cubs series, hit 067 with runners in scoring position. Well, it all turned around tonight as they had Roberto Clemente night out at City Field. I was at the game. I just got back about an hour ago. And it was a small crowd. Again, a small crowd. I'm not sure why. But besides that, it was a nice ceremony for Clemente. They had some people coming back. Carlos Delgado. Curtis Granderson. There were a bunch of Hall of Famers on the field before the game. It was, it was a nice ceremony. And then the Mets' bats got going. And finally, they got going. And it got going early in the first inning, which was important important for them to get these things to get the the runs early in the first inning and it came with a two out hit something they haven't been doing Daniel Vogelbach got the hit he got a he lined a, a rope double over the right fielder's head scored two runs in the first with two outs hits it was a two out hit and that kind of took a little bit of the pressure off and the Mets rolled as Carlos Carrasco pitched six innings 11 strikeouts Gave up a run on four hits. He was excellent tonight. So it was a complete turnaround from last night's game of where Peterson came in. He gave up six runs in the first inning, and the thing was over before he even got in the seat. Tonight, the Mets got two runs in the first. It kind of, you know, you, feel, you could feel a, a sigh of relief in the ballpark. Finally, we're going to get some runs here. We're going to beat up on these bad teams like we should be doing. Pirates are a bad team. Pirates are worse than the Cubs. I mean, the Mets, there's no reason at all why the Mets shouldn't win three out of four. 
against a team like Pittsburgh Pirates. So they did. They stretched the Mets stretched the lead to one full game, one skinny game over the Atlanta Braves, who have the Phillies this week. The Phillies, they got Syndergaard pitching tomorrow. So the Mets are good. Mets fans, you're gonna be rooting for Syndergaard tomorrow. And that's going to be a tougher series. So the Mets could, you know, stretch this lead maybe to two, three games if possible this weekend. You feel a lot better about it if they did that. You know, you're coming down to the last couple weeks of the season. You got that series looming with the Braves at the very end, the final three games of the series of the season. And you just you'd rather it not come down to that, but you know it's going to. You're on a crash course with the Braves in that series. And you just want to be right there. You'd rather be a game up, two games if possible. The Mets' magic number to clinch a playoff spot is down to six for anyone who, you know, if that matters, which it really doesn't because this team's going to need to win a division. You also had the Cardinals lose because the Mets have not been playing well. The Cardinals have kind of crept into the conversation of getting that first round by. You didn't even really think of it that it was going to either be the Mets or the Braves you know, the winner of the division is going to be the, the second highest division winner, and they were going to get the bye. Well, now the Cardinals have crept into that conversation as they've been playing very well. They're still six back of the Mets and the Braves, but, you know, they're, they're, it's worth noting that they're there, that, you know, they are there. If the, if the bottom falls out, you could find yourself in a, in a wild card game in the first day of the playoffs. So the Mets come out tonight 7-1. to They beat the Pirates. Seven runs, ten hits. They gave up a run on four hits. Lugo and Joely Rodriguez. I was surprised they didn't put Diaz in in the ninth inning. I was surprised Buck didn't go to Diaz. He really hasn't pitched. He's pitched twice, I believe, in the last 13 days. It makes me think that he's saving Diaz because he feels like he might have to use him four or five days in a row at some point towards the end of the season. It makes me think that maybe Buck knows how important the division is and how important it is to win the division and that he's going to do whatever it takes and he's not going to waste an outing from Diaz in a 7-1 game against the Pirates. And this is what, like I said, this is what the Mets should be doing. It started early. Daniel Vogelbach, a big two-out hit, scored McNeil and Alonzo. Alonzo walked, McNeil got a, a little bloop hit that really should have never fallen in, in in short right field. It was hit way too high. It was in the air forever. And I don't know why they were playing McNeil so deep. But the right fielder, uh, Mitchell, for the Pirates, could, could, couldn't get to it. He didn't get to it. He should have got to it. There's no reason the ball should be up in the air that long and nobody get to it. But either way, he didn't. That's part of the reason why you know the Pirates are a bad baseball team. And... Vogelback lined a rope over the right fielder's head. And the Mets had a 2-0 lead, and you could just kind of feel the air, you know, a, a sigh of relief in the ballpark. You know, it, right in the second inning, though, Carrasco did give up a run, gave up a base hit, you know, to center field, an RBI single. And the Mets, you know, but you never really had a feeling that the Mets were going to lose this game. After that first inning, you never really had a feeling. Lindor hit a home run. He hit a long home run. 
in the third, and that kind of stretched it out. And then, and then it was just cruising on from there because Carrasco settled in. He dominated the next four innings. He pitched six innings, very, very strong outing. He's got 15 wins. 15 wins is a benchmark for pitchers. It's a 15-win season. So Vogelback had two hits, three RBIs. He was the star of tonight's game. I, I mean, numbers-wise, it's Carrasco, but it, when you look at the way this team's been going for the past three weeks or so, that was big from Vogelback. And I've been killing Vogelback lately. I've killed him. But he, he came through tonight. He played well. Um, Lindor, this was a big home run for Lindor. Lindor was supposed to sit tonight, but he... Um, Roberto Clemente was big in his life. He really wanted to play. He told Buck, Buck went and asked him. He said, I really want to play tonight. He went out there. He hit a home run. So that's, you know, a big personal note for Lindor. He's got 24 home runs now. That home run that he hit tonight uh, set the record for Mets shortstops. He now holds the record, passing uh, Jose Reyes, who had 23 homers. Lindor now has 24 homers. For anyone who cares about stuff like that, he holds the Mets record for most home runs in the season by a shortstop at 24. The Pirates, you know, listen, the Mets got to beat up on the Pirates. They got to win that minimum three out of four this weekend. Minimum three out of four. As far as the crowd on a Thursday night, I guess it's a school night. But, you know, you had Roberto Clemente night. Why is Roberto Clemente night held at City Field, I, my guess is as good as yours. You know that Roberto Clemente Night is held on the 15th of September every, every year. You make the schedules. The same people that said Roberto Clemente Night is going to be the 15th of September are the same people that make the schedules. Why do you schedule the Pirates for a road game? It's the same people. I'm, guess, I'm guessing it's got to be the same people that are scheduling the U.S. Open men's final at 4 o'clock on week one of the NFL. It's got to be. There's no reason why the, the Pirates can't be playing a home game and they could celebrate Roberto Clemente in the city that he played in. But that's neither here nor there. The, it was a nice, like I said, it was a nice ceremony before the game. They had uh, Clemente's kid and his grandkid throw out the first pitch. It was, it was, a, it was a nice night. The crowd... Small. I believe the announced attendance was 25,000. I mean, listen, this team has 90 wins. They're the second fastest Mets team to ever hit 90 wins behind only the 86 Mets. I don't know why the crowd is, is at, you know, 25,000. It was at 20-something thousand the last couple nights against the Cubs as well. They're a winning team. I, I don't know. I guess it's the school night. It's still nice out. It was a beautiful night out. You know, I had shorts on, no issue. It's not cold yet. I don't know. The Mets have had bigger crowds. It might be the opponents. It might be the Pirates. But the Pirates and the Cubs are two teams that draw. They have fans. The Cubs especially. Now, I know they're, you know, basement, basement dwellers. But, you know, I figured there'd be more people out there. But either way. The main point is the Mets got the win. You know, hopefully this gets them going now. Hopefully they can ring off a couple wins here. And then they have Oakland. And the Nationals. So it, it stays 
the, the level of opponent for the Mets stays weak. And we've been saying this since the beginning of the season, that September is supposed to be an easy cruising month for the Mets. Get to, get to September, and you could cruise through and you could blow up a lead that you have. Now, they've wasted the first half of September, and they are now only, still only a game ahead of the Braves. The, the lead has actually shrunk. Now, we'll see. The Phillies, the Phillies are coming, are playing the Braves. You got Syndergaard going tomorrow night. It's going to be, I mean, the Phillies are playing for their lives. You got Milwaukee kind of creeping up on the Phillies. So we'll see. But the Mets, uh, the Mets with a win tonight. Lindor with a home run. Carrasco with a big performance. The Mets pitching struck out a total of 15 batters. Vogelbach with the big hits. Three RBIs. He's a streaky hitter. Vogelbach's a streaky hitter. It is what it is. He's, gonna, he's, that, he's just, you can tell he's that kind of hitter. He goes on these streaks where he hits, you know, he just can't, you know, he hits the ball real hard. He hits long home runs, and then he'll go, you know, two, three weeks where he can't hit the water if he jumps out of a boat. So we'll see. Well, I mean, that's just the kind of player he is. He clogs up the bases. He's not a good base runner. People at the ballpark tonight were saying, oh, he draws a lot of walks. The on-base percentage looks in Vogelbach. not somebody you're looking to try and get on base and make things happen. I mean, just take a look at the guy. He's not scoring. He, you know, it's, it's going to take a... It's going to take a lot to get him in from second. He kind of clogs up the base pass. And he's not even a smart base runner. He's there to hit the ball a long way. And tonight, that's what he did in the first inning. And it was a big hit for the Mets. Kind of got the ball rolling. So, like I said, it's the, the 90th win. The Mets are 90-55. and 55. They are, It's their second fastest team to reach 90 wins. Um, also, tonight, you had the football game. I did not see much of the football game. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I did. I saw about the last five minutes. I was keeping an eye on it at the, at the Mets game. San Diego had a lead the whole game. They were beating, they were beating them. They, you know, it was tight, but they were beating them. And they were winning 17-14 uh, when I left the Mets game. When I got back to my car, it was... 24-17 Kansas City. So when I got from the from City Field to the 7 train to Woodside, it was 24-17. The Chiefs got two touchdowns. And then I saw them, I saw the onside kick and the, the, the Chargers got a late touchdown. So I'm not going to be able to talk too much about that game. That was a game that I did want to did want to watch. You know, Mahomes. The two two best two two of the best quarterbacks in the game, and Mahomes, you know, went off for five hundred yards, five touchdowns. The 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 in week one, so we got the Jets and the Giants, the Yankees. Now let's get back to the Yankees. Last time we spoke to you last week on Locked Up Sports, we did. Um, we told you how the Yankees were in trouble. The Yankees were playing Toronto and Tampa. They were playing Tampa and they were losing. Well, the Yankees have gotten off the snide as well. Because what's going on, what, what went on with the Mets the last three weeks? 
the Yankee fans have been dealing with for the last two months. It's the same kind of thing. It's a 162-game season. No matter who you are, you're going to have a, a stretch of bad games. The Yankees lasted probably a little, a, only nearly two months. The Mets only lasted about three weeks. That's if they're out of it. Now, they're not, I'm not going to buy that they're out of it until the end of the series. They need to see the Mets win three out of four this weekend against Pittsburgh for me to believe that they're out of it, out of the, you know, the September swoon. The Yankees came out of it this week. They swept the Red Sox. They've won four in a row. They ballooned the lead in the American League East to six and a half as Toronto and Tampa Bay played each other, so they're beating up on each other. Someone's going to lose a game every, every night. Tonight it was Toronto, where they, it was this afternoon. 11 nothing. Tampa Bay beat them. The lead is six and a half. The Yankees are going to win the division. And it's just going to be about October for the Yankees. It has been a weird season for the Yankees. They had a historically good start. A terrible middle. And now they're kind of getting it back together. Where they're playing good. Nowhere near the way they played in the start of the season. But they're playing well. And this is this team, that, that as they are now, they got some of the injuries back. Stanton started to hit this week. The first week Stanton was back, he couldn't hit nothing. He was an automatic out for a couple games there. So Stanton started to hit. Glaber's hitting now. And it just seems to be, it come, it's coming together for the Yankees. It took a lot longer than we expected it to, but it's starting to come together for the Yankees. They go to Milwaukee. Starting tomorrow. The Yankees had an off night tonight. They go to Milwaukee starting tomorrow. And Milwaukee is, you know, Milwaukee's battling themselves for a, a playoff spot. They're in the race as far as the playoffs go. They're, they're absolutely in the race for the, as far as the playoffs go. So that won't be easy for the Yankees, but they should be all right. They, you know, this like I said, they got a lot of room now. Six and a half to go. You're, you're coming down to the last two weeks. It's now just you know, it's it's a placement thing. The Yankees have 88 wins. They have Montas going tomorrow. They got Italian pitching. Now they're going to start to. You're going to see next week the Yankees will start to set up their rotation as they head towards the postseason. And we're going to have some good postseason around here. The question is, are the Mets going to win their division? Can they get the bye? If they win their division, can they hold off St. Louis, who's making a run? You know that, I mean, the, you know the Dodgers are going to be a division winner. You know St. Louis is going to be a division winner. You know the Dodgers are going to be the number one seed. The question is, and up until about three days ago, it was... Uh, almost a foregone conclusion that the winner of the NL East, the Mets or the Braves, were going to be the number two seed and get that by, because that's important too. Now you have all kinds of you know jockeying for positions with this new playoff setup that they have. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, the Mets tomorrow night. You have Walker pitching. I think Walker should be on the postseason roster. I think Peterson is kind of pitching his way 
off the postseason roster. Walker's the kind of pitcher who he has his slumps late in the season. He did the, he did the same thing last year. He pitched excellently, excellent up until about late August, and then he kind of fell off, started to fall. Didn't pitch as well after the All-Star break from July, in all of July, but he, he was okay, and then he fell off again in August and September. He's kind of done that a little bit here this year as well, but his last two starts have been okay. You know, he's a good third or fourth starter on a team. He's 11-4. and four. The Mets, I mean, you know, the win-loss records the Mets have a lot of, they're, they're good records because they've been a good baseball team. His ERA is, you know, three and a half. And then you got Bassett on Saturday and DeGrom on Sunday. So if the Mets can get two, if the Mets can get tomorrow night with Walker and get Bassett a win, then you go for the sweep with DeGrom on Sunday. So tomorrow night's another big game. We'll see if the crowd comes out tomorrow night. It's disappointing. People get out there and support this team. This team is a good team. There should not be 25,000 people in that ballpark. There should be 30, 35, 40,000. I get it. It's a school night. I get it. But you got to get, I mean, 25,000 and 20-something 20, 20 thousand, 22 or 23 the, the couple nights before against the Cubs. This is New York City. There should, there should be more than 20,000 people that want to go to the Mets game. 90-win team, independent race, big games, night after night. Get out there. Support this team. Now, does the football game have anything to do with it? Maybe. Tonight, I mean, I figured tonight was a big one. A lot of people were talking about tonight's game. Are they going to get out of it? Can they break out of the slump? Are they going to continue to lose to bad teams? On top of that, it was Roberto Clemente night. I don't know. I have no explanation for it. Yankees with a night off at the sweep in the Red Sox. The Red Sox kind of, listen, the Red Sox have fallen off. They're a last place team. They're not terrible, but they are a last place team. They're outclassed by everybody in that division. They played the Yankees tough the one night. I believe it was the second night of the series with the Yankees, where it was a back-and-forth game. Then the Yankees got three in the tenth on a big hit by Torres. The Red Sox got two back, had the tying run at second with Devers up, and then Devers looked, you know, he fouled off a couple pitches, then he looked bad, taking a, a swing and strike three on a slider. But the Red Sox-Yankees always are always tough games, so give the Yankees credit. You always get credit for going into Fenway and sweep, if you sweep them. That's not easy to do any time. And that kind of got the Yankees back on the right track. The Mets, hopefully, they get back on the right track tonight. So hopefully tonight was the night. Extend it. Get a good performance from Walker tomorrow night. Get Bassett to throw a gem on Saturday. And then you got DeGrom the hammer on Sunday for a sweep. And then you hope the Phillies can, can steal two games from the Braves. And the Mets will have themselves a three-game lead. And you'll feel a lot better. You'll feel a lot better on Sunday night with a three-game lead. And only two weeks to go. Or 12 days to go in the season. And hopefully we could have two division winners. Two teams getting a bye. And then away we go into October. Where things get really good. Two teams. 
playing playoff baseball in the city. And it's going to be good. So, with the NFL now, the Giants, last week, I had no faith in the Giants. I was a thousand percent wrong. They played well. Now, let's not get out of hand. I'd like to give a shout out to my friend Vern. I met Vern tonight at the Mets game. Came from Philadelphia, took the train, is a Yankees fan, took the train from Philadelphia to City Field to watch the Mets play. From Philadelphia. That's what I'm talking about. And we still only got 25,000 people in there. But Vern is a big Giants fan. I was talking to him. He's going to the game Sunday. He is way too confident. Way too confident. And there's a lot of Giants fans like Vern. He's talking about 11 wins. He's talking about Daniel Jones being, you know, being the guy, them keeping Daniel Jones. That he, you know, did he play well? Eh. He played all right. He played decent. He threw a big interception in the fourth quarter. Saquon Barkley was the star of that game. But let's not get out of hand, people. The Giants still do. The Giants were not as talented as, as Tennessee. They won the game. Give him credit. Give Dable, give Brian Dable credit, all the credit in the world. That, I love that he went for two. I loved it. And he put the ball in his best player's hands, and he scored on a shovel pass for the two points. But they almost blew it coming back the other way. They left a minute on the clock. There were two defensive holding penalties on that final drive by Tennessee. There was a great catch in the secondary by, by the Tennessee wide receiver. They screwed up the mismanagement. They screwed up the clock because instead of running a play with a, a, almost a, you know 45 seconds left, they ran the play clock down. They kind of got the, the ball on the right hash where the kicker wants it. They could have got that thing a little closer. Set him up for 46 yards, and then they still, the Giants still needed him to miss left. And he missed it wide left, and the Giants got out of there with a win. Now, you don't apologize for wins in the NFL. You don't apologize no matter what. But let's not start the coronation of the Giants whether the Giants are back because of one week. It's the classic week one NFL overreaction. It's classic, and it happens every year with every team. There is, there's half the team, half the fan bases think they're going to win the Super Bowl after week one. Half the fan bases can't even imagine how they're going to possibly win a single game this season after week one. Be careful with that. Now, the Giants, it's a big win because the Giants have an easy schedule to start the season. And if they could somehow, they're favorites this week, believe it or not. Winning, that's the first time the Giants have won an opening game since the start of, since um, week one, 2016. It's the first time the Giants are over 500 since the final week of 2016. And now they're favored this week. They're favored against the Carolina Panthers who are coming in. And it's one of those weird weeks where the Giants and the Jets are both at one o'clock. I don't know why they do that. Another that, who's 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 hiring these scheduling people for these leagues. 
I mean, is it really is it really that hard to put the Giants at one and the Jets at four, or the Jets at one and the Giants at four? I when I was growing up, I never remember them playing up against each other at the same time. Never. It was always one was at four, one was at one, and then you'd get a doubleheader on one of the channels. I, you know, you, I don't know why you would want to split the biggest market in the country. The biggest television market in the country, and you're just splitting it. Because, listen, the Jets fans are going to watch the Giants game if it's on. The Giants fans are going to watch the Jets game if it's on. Now you just split it. And you gave the other network half, the, half your audience. But, again, that's, you know, I, I, you know, it is what it is. But it do, just doesn't seem to make sense as, from, from my standpoint. But who am I, you know? Now, the Jets... Uh, no, I'm sorry. The Giants. Let's stick with the Giants. The Giants last week, as we said, let's 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 go over last week. They played well, but they were bad in the first half. They were down 13 nothing. They came very easily. Could have been 24 nothing. Very easily. The Giants' defense played played decent. They weren't great. Tennessee's offense squandered a couple opportunities. You know. And the Giants found themselves down 13-0, but the Giants did nothing in that first half. Nothing. Then in the second half, the Giants came right out. They got an early touchdown, got them back in the game. The defense picked up, had a couple stops. Daniel Jones had a big interception that he threw in the fourth quarter that almost ruined the game. If the Giants don't go down and get that two-point, if the two-point conversion is no good, they're killing Daniel Jones this week, killing him. Now you got people like Vern talking about 11 wins. And I like Vern, by the way. Good guy. Good guy, Vern. And he knows that I think he's crazy because I told him so. But, but he was a good guy. He, it's just, and he, he, listen, he's not alone. There's plenty of them. I've heard it from a bunch of people. Oh, now the division's wide open. Calm down. The division did open up a little bit because Dallas lost Prescott. But Dallas is still a better team than the Giants, with or without Dak Prescott. Because you forget who they played. They played Tampa, who has the best defense, probably the best defense in football, one of the best defenses in football. Then they have Tom Brady on the other side of the ball. Now, Dallas played terrible, but a good defense is going to make a team look terrible. And they did lose their quarterback, and that's huge. So the, the division did open up a bit, and the Eagles didn't look great. But, I mean, you are a long way away from talking about a possible path to the Giant, for the Giants in the NFC East. One game at a time. Take it one game at a time. Enjoy it. Enjoy the win. There hasn't been many of them over the last six years for the Giants. There hasn't been many at all. So we got that. We're over 500. Enjoy it. Don't be talking about 11 wins, 10 wins. Just enjoy what happened last week and look ahead to this week. Now this week you got Carolina Panthers coming in. Got Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield, I think Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback than Daniel Jones 
People disagree. People agree. I think he is. He's been disappointing, but Baker Mayfield, I would rather have Baker Mayfield on the Giants than Daniel Jones. Carolina lost a tough one last week. They lost 26-24 to Cleveland. They did not play very well. They're a better team than that. The offense came out and did nothing in the first half, in the first quarter for Carolina. Their first five possessions were punt, 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 interception, punt. Kind of like the Giants. Punt, 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 interception, punt. That's how Carolina started the season. They also had four botched snaps under center between the center and Mayfield during the game. I mean, that, that, that's just a, a center quarterback exchange. You got McAdoo coming back as, as the offensive coordinator. He's coming back to face the Giants. See if he puts Mayfield in the shotgun more. That's what I would do. I mean, that, they're clearly not on the same page, the center and the quarterback, and it's something you're going to have to work out. But while you work it out, put him in the shotgun. That's what I would do against the Giants. And this secondary, the Giants secondary is still suspect. So if Mayfield has time and he gets the ball, he could probably pick apart the secondary. Now, it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a lively crowd because the Giants fan hasn't had much to look at, cheer about recently. So they're going to be lively. They're thinking 3-0. They're thinking 4-0. Because if you win this one, you get Dallas, the Prescottless Dallas. And then you're 3-0 and you're off, of racing and you're, and you're off to the races in the division. So the crowd's going to be into it. It's the home opener. The Carolina defense is not very good. So if Saquon Barkley can, can get going again a little bit like he did last week. I mean, last week he went off. Give Saquon Barkley credit. He said, I'm, going to show, I'm here to show everybody what I could do. And he went out there and he had a big time game. He had 160-something yards. He was averaging nine yards a carry. That was a big game. The Carolina defense last week, they missed 18 tackles. There was 190 yards after contact. So the Giants, I think they are two-and-a-half-point favorites now. We'll see. This is absolutely a winnable game for the Giants. I would have said this was more of a winnable game than last week. So we'll see if the Giants can get 2-0, 1 o'clock, MetLife Stadium. And it's going to be a good scene. For the first time in a while, you're going to have a good scene at MetLife Stadium for a Giants game Sunday at 1 o'clock. It's been a long time. Feels like the teams in this town are kind of starting to get things going again. New York was not a good... <laughs> these New York teams were not good for a while. And it started with the Rangers. And then the Mets and Yankees had big-time summers. The Giants with a win. They're on the uptick. The Jets are still the Jets, though. The Jets and the Knicks are lagging behind. Because me, another one, I was dead wrong about the Jets. I said that the Jets needed to win that game. I said it was important that they win that game. And they came out and got blown out in that game. 
Joe Flacco looks old. He can't move in the pocket. He's going to get killed out there. The fans are calling for Mike White. The Jets are going with Joe Flacco again. Delaware Joe. He just seemed almost disinterested, Flacco did. Which is crazy. But he's old. And it's kind of like when a team in baseball, when a team's not hitting, it almost looks like they're not trying. In the NFL, when the offense is just not going, you're three and outs, you're turning the ball over, your quarterback's getting sacked, it almost looks disinterested. And that's what we had. And then you got Robert Saleh, the Jets, you know, the Jets coach, who's a clown this week, talking about taking receipts for who's talking about our team. We're taking receipts. Taking receipts for what? How long is the return policy? Because it better be more than a year. And you're probably not going to be working here when we try to return these receipts. Because this is that was garbage this week. Garbage last week. The Jets never win games like that. They never. And people are going to say the Cincinnati last year. You know what? The Jets were already out of it. There was no pressure on them to win that game against Cincinnati last year. Mike White was the quarterback for crying out loud. They won it, though. Week one, beat Baltimore at home, get the crowd into it. But the Jets never, never win those games. That thing was 24 to 3. A couple minutes into the third quarter. It was 10-3 at half. It wasn't even as close as that. It was 10-3 and then bam, bam. That 14 quick points right out of the gate in the second half for the Ravens. And that game, game over. 24-3. And the Jets are 0-1. And now the Jets are staring 0-4 in the face. Because I don't expect them to beat Cleveland. They never beat Pittsburgh. And then they're not going to beat Cincinnati. So the Jets, because they lost that game, when I told you they had to win it, because it was as close to a winnable game as you're going to see in these first four for the Jets, they went out there and they were down 24-3 a couple minutes into the third quarter. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you, know, what you, what you want to do with that. Are they going to play better this week? They can't really play much worse, right? You know? The Browns... I mean... The Browns have a good defense. Like I said, Joe, Sta- Joe, Joe Flacco. I almost call him Joe Stacho because he's like a statue back there. Joe, Joe Flacco... Looks old. Would I play Mike White? I don't know. To be honest with you, I'd have, I think if things go, don't go don't go well in the first quarter, in the first half, you might see Mike White. Zach Wilson was out on the practice field again today. No knee brace. In full pads. Now I don't blame the Jets for not playing him this week. I really don't. He's the he's the they got a lot invested in him. They need him to be a good quarterback. 
and they want to they just want to be a hundred percent sure that he's fully healed before they put him out there and you know they'll, they'll give you the whole coach speak of you know he's progressing and this and that he's not they don't feel comfortable with it they don't feel comfortable with him going out there and blowing out his knee and then he's out until halfway through next year and then you have another lost quarterback situation with the Jets but also you could have a lost season because of it because this thing could very easily be 0-4 and and when you're 0-4 in the NFL it's season over look at the numbers it's season over nobody goes 0-4 and and then makes the playoffs and not that the Jets were a playoff team this year but you're not going to make it to Halloween not even going to make it to Halloween with a season still intact and you can look back and say the season ended when he hurt his knee Zach Wilson and as far as Robert Sala goes he's a clown for saying taking receipts because you you haven't won nothing your team never wins a big game and it's not just him the coach you know the team never wins a big game. They're going back 30 years that the Jets very rarely win big games. Miami looked good. They beat up on... The division is good. Miami beat up on New England. The Bills are the class of the division. They will win that division going away. I do think that one of the... I mean, there's a lot of... Big time. There's a lot of big spreads this week. I think there's a couple that's like, I think there's like four nine and a half point spreads. I think the game of the week was the one that just played ten, uh, last night. Chargers and Chiefs. That was probably the game I wanted to see the most besides the Giants game. But I'm going to bring up some of the spreads here. One second. And yeah, that was the game of the week. You got the two two of the, the young stud quarterbacks going head-to-head in, in Arrowhead. Arrowhead's one of the best places. Talk about City Field being dead. Arrowhead is one of the best environments in the NFL. And on a Thursday night, for Thursday night, prime, prime NFL, you know, on prime T, uh, Amazon Prime, that's a good game to get for, for to open up their season. You couldn't have asked for a better one. And it, then it turned out to be a good game. Justin Herbert, who I think by the end of this season will be the best quarterback in the NFL. That's right. I think by the end of this season, Justin Herbert is the best quarterback in the NFL. I took the Chargers with the points. Three and a half so that you know, I got I got myself a backdoor cover on that late touchdown. But let's look, take a look at the schedule for week two in the NFL. Uh, let's see, there's some of the big spreads we got. Let's see what we got here. You got the Falcons, ten and a half point under, ten and a half point underdogs to the Rams. The Rams are going to be angry, coming off a loss. Do they cover? I don't know. Ten and a half is a lot in the NFL. If I'm a bet, if I'm betting, I don't like to lay ten and a half. I would probably steer clear of that game, to be honest with you. If I was you, 
you got Tennessee as a nine and a half point underdog to the Bills in Buffalo. Now that's a direct result of the loss to the Giants because Tennessee is not a bad team. They, are, I don't think the Bills are you know ten points better than Tennessee, but clearly all the money's coming in on Tennessee. You also have. Let's see if there's another big one. No, that's about it. The jo- <coughs> no, I'm sorry. I believe I was... Let's see. You got the Patriots and the Steelers. You got Miami's a three-and-a-half-point favorite uh, on... I'm sorry. Miami's a three-and-a-half-point underdog to Baltimore. So it's going to be... It, it, uh, it's going to be a good week. There's a lot of, you know, some mismatches. But it's the NFL, so anybody can win. You know, you know. You never know. Any given Sunday is, is definitely rings true in the NFL. But the story around here is the New York Giants and the coach who, you know, forget it. He won. He won everybody's, all the Giants fans' hearts over with that decision going for two. And I loved it. I loved it because... You know what? You're on the road. You're not supposed to win that game. You get a chance where you just got to get three yards. Get three yards and you win the game. And you got a back who's been running, who's been just, you know, running loose all day. It was a good play call. It was the shovel shovel pass. Daniel Jones, I I just don't see Daniel Jones as, as a good NFL quarterback. You know what I see? He's kind of... I see Daniel Jones as in between a starter and a backup. That's what I see Daniel Jones as. And I saw it again last week. That was a gutsy win. He threw for 266 yards. You know, he just, it just, it just, he doesn't pass the eye test for me. You know, I feel like you can tell. He's not, he's not the quarterback that's going to take you to a Super Bowl, I'll tell you that much. And I know Vern is banging his head against the wall. Vern, he's not the guy. I told, like I've said, and I've always said, if you draft him from Duke, it better be a basketball player. You better be a basketball team. Because he's closer to Dave Brown than he is to Eli Manning. And that's just the bottom line. He fumbles the ball all over the place. He turns it over. Turnovers kill you in the NFL. Turnovers will kill you in the NFL. They are devastating. You don't if you lose the turnover battle, you lose the game eight out of ten times in an NFL game. Go you don't believe me? Go take a look. Eight out of ten times, maybe nine out of ten times. If you have let more turnovers, you lose the game. And Daniel Jones turned the ball over. He turns it over. He was a fumble machine for two years. He threw a bad pick last week. He he did bring him down the field. He did score. He did throw what ended up being the game-winning touchdown. And I loved it. It was great. But the Giants have an easy schedule. And they might go out 3-0. Especially with 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 Dak uh, down. 
The Giants could could very well be three and zero. And then you know, let's talk to me when they're three and zero. Let's not be putting them in the playoffs when they squeaked by Tennessee. Which was a listen. I, I hate to to you know dump on the win because, like I said, a win is a win in the NFL. But let's not get out of hand. Let's not do the week one overreaction. We're better than that. You're better than that. Everybody out there that's saying the Giants are going to the playoffs or 10-11 wins, you're better than that. You know better. This team is lacking talent. The defense is not very good. The secondary is suspect. The quarterback is below average. The running back is excellent. But the running back can't carry a team in the NFL. The quarterback does. The offensive line does. And the Giants' offensive line is, eh, it's better than it was. And now they get, the defense is going to be better because they're going to be getting the two edge rushers back. It looks like Thibodeau and Ojahari are going to be back this week, which will help out the situation for the Giants. It'll help out the secondary if they can get pressure on Baker Mayfield. But Baker Mayfield can move around. He's a mobile quarterback. He's He'll be, you know... You still got to cover the guys. You might not have to cover them as long, but you do still have to cover the guys. You know, it's not Lawrence Taylor and Carl Banks or Michael Strahan coming. But Thibodeau making his NFL debut. You're going to have Ojahari, who's coming off an injury from last year. Two edge rushers. Maybe it looks a little bit more like giant football that we all know. And that has been successful for as long as any of us have been alive rushing the passer defense running the ball that's how the Giants play that's how the Giants have always played and I think they uh, the coach I think they have something with the coach but give it time give it time the Jets I don't know. I don't know what what about the Jets. I mean, they caught a bad break with the quarterback going down. They don't really have a backup. I thought I was wrong about Joe Flacco. I don't think Joe Flacco really is an NFL quarterback anymore. We'll see. You know, if the, you never know. Maybe he comes out and he beats the Browns. Throws for, you know, 275, 300 yards. He threw the ball 59 times last week. You can't have Joe Flacco throwing the ball 59 times and expect anything good to come out of that game. You can't do that. The Jets needed to, to kind of grind one out with Joe Flacco. And Cleveland with the defense, I mean, Cleveland's got a good defense. It's going to be tough to put together long drives. Jets got to hold the ball. They're going to have to, you know, they might need a special teams play. And just, like I said, the Jets never win games they're not supposed to win. They never do. And this is another one they're not supposed to win. So I don't, I don't see any reason why they would. The Giants, I think the Giants will win. I think the Giants have a good chance to win. Now, moving on from that, I wanted to touch on uh, earlier today, Roger Federer announced his retirement from tennis. And listen, when Federer 
if you ask people, they're not good. Most people are not going to put Federer as number one anymore. He's been passed by Nadal. He's been passed by Djokovic. Djokovic has probably passed Nadal too, as far as the the greatest of all time. But if you ask me, who the greatest tennis player I ever saw play, it's Roger Federer. He made it look easy. He was quiet. He glided around the court. The backhand was lethal. He was a winner. He wasn't loud. He never did the wrong, the wrong thing. He's undisputed champion, uh, king of Wimbledon. He's the greatest ten, uh, grass tennis player we've ever seen. He was one half of the greatest rivalry tennis has ever seen with Nadal. I mean, Nadal and Federer, it was, you'd play, you'd go into those majors for years and years. And you could just play the final. Play, have Nadal play against Federer. Because that, that's going to be the final match. Both would cruise into the final without dropping a set. Nadal got a little bit of the better of Federer in the, in, you know, Nadal's a better on clay. Federer finishes with 20 slams. He was unstoppable for a long time, and he was just the, the... When I watched tennis, Roger Federer was the best tennis player I ever saw. And I know, you're going to have an issue with that. Everyone except Drew. By the way, happy birthday, Drew. Shout out to, to Drew. One of our big fans. Happy birthday, Drew. And I'm sorry about Federer. He's a huge Federer fan. He actually told me about Federer this morning. Said we had to have an emergency Frank Russo appearance on the show. But because I went to the Met game, we didn't get Frank on. And Frank would be arguing with me about Federer not being the greatest either. Because Joker, you know, Djokovic is better. But just watch. It's kind of like Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's the best quarterback I've ever seen. Tom Brady has more championships. People will argue that Tom Brady's better. Sunday to Sunday, Peyton Manning was the best quarterback I've ever seen. And I think Federer, Federer's the best tennis player I've ever seen play. I got one match to win, I'm taking Federer. Gun to my head, one match to win, give me Federer, you take whoever you want. Because for years, he did it like that. He would go breeze through... He would go whole seasons without like losing two matches, and they would all they would both be on clay to Nadal. So they would they would both be clay matches lost to Nadal. So we got just a couple minutes left. We also want to welcome in a new listener, and his name is George Gunzel. George, he's the father of Brian Gunzel, who the studio's named after. George apparently was sleeping on the show, didn't know about it. Now he knows about it, and we want to welcome in George. Thanks for listening, and we do this for Brian. He's the, the, the studio's named after him, and we love Brian, and he would be say, you know what, you know what, he'd be one of the, George, he'd be one of the, Brian Gunzel would be one of the ones saying the, the Giants are going to win 11 games. And it wouldn't surprise me if George is doing it too. <laughs> I'm still upset because George blew a call at the plate in Little League. 
where I was safe and was the tying run with two outs in the last inning and he called me out. But that, that's for another day. That's between me and him. We also would like to welcome in SeatGeek as a partner with Locked Up Sports. If you go to SeatGeek, the website, SeatGeek.com, they have great prices. I got the tickets for the Mets game on SeatGeek tonight. They are better prices, lower prices than StubHub. They have more tickets. And for our listeners, if you use the promo code Locked Up Sports, all one word, Locked Up Sports, you'll get $20 off your first order of 50 or more. So how about that? Promo code Locked Up Sports at SeatGeek.com. And our listeners, just for our listeners, you get 20% off, uh, $20 off any order over $50. So that means you get a $60 ticket, you're paying $40. That's a good deal. I sat three rows off the field today. It cost me like, it was a $55 ticket. That would have been a twenty-five. Uh, that would have been a $35 ticket. Three, uh, literally three rows off the field. You don't believe me? Check out my Facebook, Bob Burgundy. There's pictures. So, that pretty much does it. We want to welcome, we want to tell everybody also, if you haven't signed up for our newsletter and bonus content, get to our website and do that. Get to the website. It'll, it'll flash right up on the screen to leave your email. Put your email in there. You're missing out on some good stuff. We got our blog. We got Kenny Friedman writing the blog once a week. Good story on the on the Giants last week. We want to also tell you to uh, visit our website, LockedUpSports.net. LockedUpSports.net. We encourage everybody to leave a review of the show. You could either leave it at on our website or you could leave it on the Apple website, on Spotify, wherever you listen to the show. Leave a review. Let us know. Real quick, I want to see if Brett sent me his football picks. I don't think he did. No, he didn't. So, Brett, so we're not going to do the football picks. We will get the picks. I will put them on the on the Facebook. I will put them on the social media, and they'll be on the website. We also need your help to help us. What are we going to help us decide what we're going to bet on, me and Brett? We're going head-to-head with this better record. The picks are against the spread. It's three picks a week. At the end of the season, the loser is going to have to do something. We haven't figured it out. We want you to figure it out for us. So throw up suggestions. Let us know what you think it should be. Again, if you go to SeatGeek, you got some playoff games coming up. The Giants have a big game Sunday. You want to go to the Giants game, you get $20 off. Locked Up Sports is the promo code at SeatGeek. Any order over $50. So that pretty much does it for us tonight. We want to thank everybody for listening. I want to say thank you to my new buddy, Vern. We want to say thank you to George Gunzel for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. I will talk to you on the bonus content. Thanks for listening. From the Brian Gunzel Studios, I'm Bob Walters. See ya.